as we have come through Thanksgiving, the day, we are still kind of in that Thanksgiving weekend, and I've been told by several that this is kind of the earliest Thanksgiving can come as regards to the gap between Thanksgiving and Christmas. In today's message, as we move into that season and we're thinking about Jesus' birth, you know, unfortunately, the popularized story of nativity and Jesus' birth has been absorbed even in the churches. And today, there's some aspects of some of the interactions and context that take place around the time of Jesus' birth that you may not have been aware of, or some details to that. And Lord willing, as we go through the next week, we might dive into some of these different interactions and contacts with the baby Jesus. Today we are going to lay a little bit of foundation in that regard. There's things that you may not know. You've heard of the wise men coming to Jerusalem. But you may not be aware that Jesus was in Jerusalem before the wise men. Now, if I would say that to you, you would think, some might think that's heresy because it doesn't match the popular narrative. But I want to show you today that it matches the biblical narrative. And there's some people, some interactions that you may not be aware of. If you were asking a trivia question, how many people saw Jesus before the wise men, you might be surprised of how many that number might be. I don't have an exact number. But we want to look at the scripture today to make sure that we lay a, great, a good foundation as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. We know the birth of Jesus was for the purpose of him coming to die for our sins, and then he was buried, and then he rose again. But at Christmas time, we might recall that it was important that he was born without sin. You might recall that he's born of the Virgin Mary. Now, we do not believe that she was sinless. She was born in sin like everyone else. But Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, which was prophesied all the way back in the book of Genesis. And there's several prophecies that we could go through and, and talk about. But today we want to look at some of the story. We often bookend it and we have nativities that, that start the story with Mary and Joseph being brought aware that Jesus was on his way and they end the story with the wise men. But there's a whole lot that happens in between that we want to make sure that we have a good understanding of how it lays out. So we want to start in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew, chapter 1, verse 18. And if you had to put a title around this section of Scripture, this section, we're going to might as just leave your Bibles open. This, if you want to write down notes, you can. But just some of the chronological, in Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 24, this is where Jesus' birth is announced to Mary and Joseph. So listen and follow along. 
Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, Mary, was betrothed to Joseph. Kind of like being engaged today, a little stronger than that. But before they came together, they weren't actually married yet. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. For all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. And Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Jesus. Now if we go over to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2, now even here we're kind of jumping in the middle of the story. We won't read the passages, but let me describe to you a little bit of what's in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 talks about when Mary finds out. Look at Luke 1, we're not going to look there, but just for your notes, Luke 1, 28, talks about the angel Gabriel coming and telling Mary that she's going to be born, she's going to give birth to Jesus, basically. And we could spend time there and how she visited uh, with, his, uh, with Elizabeth. But we're going to kind of move a move past that for right now, and we're going to go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And here, we're going to talk about verses 1 through 8, Mary and Joseph journeys to Bethlehem and where Jesus is born. And some of this should be fairly familiar to you. In a few moments, we're going to get into some parts that might not be as familiar and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph, Joseph is kind of like Jesus' adopted father, remember? Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And we've talked about before in other years, can you imagine making that journey, being that pregnant? Verse 6, so it was, that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Or in verse 7, 
And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. We're familiar with that passage. Jesus born in the manger. Now if we go on to verse 9, we find out about the shepherds and the angels that come to the shepherds to make this announcement to the shepherds that the shepherds were not at the top layer of society. They were kind of out there by themselves, kind of in isolation. They didn't have Facebook like the rest of the people or Instagram. They talked with the sheep and took care of the sheep. It's interesting, though, that we are told that Jesus is our good shepherd, and we think about the term pastor is a shepherd. The pastor, like me, I would be an under-shepherd with Jesus being the great shepherd. And there were, verse 8, in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round, around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now remember, Christ is the Greek for Messiah, the promised one, the one the Jews had been looking for. So this announcement saying, you're Messiah, that you heard about all your life, has been born. Now, trying to get your hands around, heads around, this is the Messiah is coming, but he was born, it's the child, it's, it's not an adult. Maybe that caused a lot of confusion, but this is angels proclaiming, the angels proclaiming to the shepherds. Verse 12, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. A manger. You know what the manger is? That's where you put the hay for the animals, or you put the feed for the animals in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. Talk about your UFO or whatever you're supposed to call them now when you don't identify something that's flying around. A big light. A bunch of angels. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, verse 13, when the angels had gone away from the heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that was come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. 
And when they had seen him, they were brought, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those that heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told to them. They came and saw the baby Jesus. They, the shepherds, it was proclaimed to them. The keeper of the sheep. Of course, David. King David was a shepherd. And the symbolism that we learn about shepherds and sheep, we see throughout the New Testament and the Old Testament as well. But now I want to remind you that the you've noticed here that, and I've told you this before, the wise men hadn't arrived yet. But there's a couple people, at least a couple people, that have interaction with Jesus that we might have forgot about. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of, of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived, in the womb. So Jesus was circumcised the eighth day as was custom and under the law expected. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law for the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons? Now, if you were, excuse me, to look in the Levitical law, this was both for the child and also for the mother. And for the mother, it would be 40 days. And because it's, Eight days plus, I think it's about 32 days, or 33 days, for her purification. But the whole process is the, of the, the child and, and the mother is about 40 days for a male and about 80 days for a female. So after 40 days Jesus was born, they would have taken and gone into Jerusalem to make these sacrifices. And it's interesting here, they're giving the turtle doves or two young pigeons because the status and the wealth of Jesus' parents was not in the upper class, they were poorer. And so Jesus was in Jerusalem 40 days after his birth, wise men haven't showed up yet. But Jesus meets some people, or some people meet Jesus. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. 
until he had seen the Messiah. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. Lest some get confused, the Holy Spirit was around before Jesus was born. So he came by the Spirit, this is Simeon, verse 27, into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he, Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Did you pick that up? Even Simeon was prophesying that Jesus was going to bring a light a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Remember, the Gentiles aren't Jews. So even at this time, it was known that the word would go beyond just the Jews, but to the Gentiles. And Joseph, verse 33, and his mother, and his mother, not Joseph's mother, but Christ's mother, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Very interesting visual we have. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. As we think about the piercing of Christ. But then yet, there's another person that meets Jesus, or is there as Jesus comes into the, the temple with his mother as they go through the required rituals in Jerusalem. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had, and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years. She had been a widow for 84 years, it seems. Who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in that instance, and coming in that instance, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke to him, spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So she went outside, it would seem, all those that were looking for redemption in Jerusalem, she went out and told them about what she, had just happened. These two individuals had been waiting for the Messiah. And the Messiah had come. Simeon held the Messiah. Simeon spoke prophetically. Anna started proclaiming it out to those that were devout and watching for redemption in Jerusalem. There was an awareness. The shepherds knew 
they had been told and they were telling people, Simeon had been waiting to die until the Messiah comes. Anna picks up the word and she's telling people, in Jerusalem. Now we go back. Now we go back to Matthew. And we pick up our story there. So there's this in-between here that we just shared with you that's usually lost in the bookends between the nativity and the wise men coming, and it gets all put together, but the wise men weren't there in the manger. Jesus went with his mom and dad, earthly dad, to Jerusalem the 40th day. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King of Herod the king, behold, verse 2, 1 of Matthew 2, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. And by the way, it doesn't say how many. People just assume it's three over the years. Saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and I've come to worship him. Now you look back in the area of numbers and find the prophecy of the star appearing. We won't do that right now. But I want to let you know it's there. They saw his star appear. Of course, I think about the multitude of the angels that announced Jesus' birth. Some would say that the kingdom of the Jews refers to, or would be understood, as the Messiah. And we can find that clearly a little bit later. But it says in verse 3, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. They were kind of excited, uh, troubled. But you have to remember, some of Jerusalem had already heard that the king of the Jews had been born. Because Anna was telling people. The shepherds out of Bethlehem were telling people, but, you know, they're kind of out from the city. But Anna had been telling people. Maybe that's how some of that word got around. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, this is King Herod, where the Christ was to be born. He asked them where the Christ, what would Christ represent? Messiah. Herod knew it was the Messiah. He asked the scribes where the Messiah was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, verse 6, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. Why would he care when the star appeared? That gave him an idea when the child had been born. That would give him an idea of how... 
how old the child was. And he sent to them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. There's a lot of potential that he was lying. That was his goal. We'll see later. Verse 9, When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. It stood over the, where the child, young child was, meaning that maybe it wasn't over where he was before, but it stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced and ex- with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child and Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And that's probably where we get the thought of free gifts. People assume then free wise men, but we don't know. Verse 12, then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country and went another way. So think about these different encounters that have taken place. Mary told of the angel. Joseph informed as well. They make the journey. The babe is born. We could talk about Elizabeth as well. The shepherds it's announced to by the angels. They go into Jerusalem and Simeon, who's been waiting, prophesies. Blesses the child, blesses the parents. Anna, who's been faithful, goes and broadcasts it throughout Jerusalem. These all are welcoming. Joseph and Mary, that intimate relationship. The shepherds, it's declared to their curiosity. They're almost invited, I guess, and they respond, and they're rejoicing. Simeon, who had been waiting on the Lord, anticipating because of the Holy Spirit. Hopefully, sometimes you might go to a church service or a camp meeting, and you anticipating, and you're hopeful that God's going to fulfill his promise, and Simeon sees it fulfilled, and Anna is excited and spreads the gospel and the good news. And hopefully we have some that, that wants to spare the, share the peace that God brings and tell other people about Jesus. And so we have those constructs, and we have the wise men, their curiosity. their knowledge, their intellect, like some of the apologists that some of them try to discount God and Jesus and by digging into it they discover that no, he's real, it's true. And they come in curiosity. Their curiosity has gained the point that they're ready to worship. So you have some that have relationships and maybe that's you and there's some that God has drawn you by proclamation that he's God and you, like the shepherds, want to 
become part of Jesus. And there's others by intellectual curiosity and learnings, they come forward. And then there's, then there's those like Caleb. Verse 13. Now when they had departed, the wise men, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord the prophet saying, out of Egypt, I call my son. They had to flee. Herod didn't want to worship. Herod was putting on a ruse. Be careful. We've talked about sheeps and wolf's clothing. They present themselves as presenters of the gospel, that they too are for Christ, but they really just want you to send their, your 1995 so, so you too can receive a blessing. Be careful. Verse 16, Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem, and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he did determine from the wise men. Then was fulfilled which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. And when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph, and in Egypt, and saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. And he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Arch, Arch, sorry, Archelaus was reigning over Judea, Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee, he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. He sent, Jesus went down and was called and his family back out of Egypt. But Herod, based on the time that the star appeared and he had discerned from the wise men, killed all the babies called the Master of Innocence. Now some try to whitewash that, that that didn't exist. It was prophesied and it happened. Two years old and younger, that's why the wise men come sometime before Jesus is two. Sometime after he had been, Jesus had been in Jerusalem. And Jesus might have been in Jerusalem a couple times because Joseph and Mary went there each year. I believe it was the Feast of Tabernacles. But see, Herod knew it was the Messiah. Herod claimed that he wanted to be, go and worship him. 
He knew if the Messiah was the Son of God, but Herod did not want to give up his lordship, his kingship, his own power, He said he wanted to go worship him, but he did not want to give it up. He wanted to retain the authority over his kingdom. Now some might also be of the type, it's it's not that you don't want to, you want to kill Jesus. You don't have the evilness in you that Herod does, but some of us are resistant to allow the Lord to take over kingship of our hearts. We still want to reign. We still want to be in power. We don't want to lose that authority. So when God says, yes, I I forgive you of your sins, you ask me to forgive you of your sins, and I've forgiven you through the blood of Jesus. Now I'm asking you to make me Lord of your life and let me reign in your life. Let me make the decisions in your life. That some will say, well, not so much. Not so much. So we add to that interaction someone that claims to want to worship God, but really doesn't. And what's at the heart of it? They don't want to surrender the kingship. They don't want to surrender lordship. You know what? In our lives, in our Christian lives, I believe I've seen this happen. We get to the point where people are walking through with Jesus, and it comes to the point, it's a crisis point, and God says, I want, I want it all. And when God says, I want to be Lord of all, and you say no, that's not a good place to be with God. And you'll see those people start to fall away. They come to that point. Now, some will struggle for a long time with that, but they'll keep struggling. But if you start saying no to God, you're heading in the wrong direction. But here we have these interactions here in this timeline that proceeds through. And Jesus ends up in Nazareth. So if you wondered how to get from Bethlehem to Nazareth, he went in different places. He was in Jerusalem. He was in Egypt, then he back to Nazareth. The wise men visited him in Bethlehem in a house sometime after he was born. Sometime after he had been in Jerusalem. Sometime after Anna had told everybody. Sometime after Simeon had lifted up Jesus and held him. But they stayed in Egypt. Sometime, at some point there, Herod killed all those innocents. Can you imagine? Not so hard to imagine. When we think about things that happened in recent history, soldiers or people going in with knives, killing babies. So you're pretty sure that back at that point, it was brutal when they killed the babies. And evil is out there. But aren't we thankful for a Savior that came as a babe, as a humble babe, as came in the lowly manger, announced to the lowly shepherds 
and from everyone from the shepherds all the way up. Wise men even came from the east. He even, have a, he even had a star. He was even pronounced by angels. But some in all their wisdom and having asked us the scribes and Pharisees and, and knowledge and even acknowledging that he was the Messiah, still rejected him as true. Just rejected him. For some people, it's not just that they don't know God exists. We might have our, uh, discussions and debates to prove that God exists, and we think, well, once we, they see God exists, then they're, they'll want to be Christians. And sometimes it happens that way. But sometimes the evil has taken so much hold of their hearts that they want to kill Jesus. They want to kill the message, the gospel of Jesus. They're so under the control of Satan. So today, as you think, and we go into the Christmas time, and as we lay out some of the timelines that things have happened, and as the Lord directs us on, on what's part of the story we enter into over the coming weeks, be mindful, be mindful that even if you feel like you're the lowest of the low, and you feel like a shepherd, that's the one that he sent the angels to. And they got to come to the birth. They got to see the baby Jesus right after he'd been born. So certainly, certainly Jesus is for us too. Let's be standing together. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. And as we've taken the time to walk through historical accounts and, and most of the aspects of it, or many of them. If we've laid that foundation possibly for later exegesis in the coming weeks, we pray, Father, that you would lay that biblical foundation, that biblical timeline in the hearts of your people, that you draw us in our response to your appearing in our hearts, to the Holy Spirit that ministers. Maybe there's some that don't know you that need to accept you. Say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. I want to follow you. Help me to follow you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And thank you then for saving me, Jesus. It all started there. That allows us to pray that prayer. And I hope that many would pray it. Lord, now I ask that you be with us as we go our separate places of work and things throughout the season that we would represent Christ and be your witnesses. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.